You're listening to Rolling Toe with trucking experts Kevin and Mike Beckett. This is the show where you ask the questions and we give you the diagnosis on how to get the most out of your truck. We'll talk about avoiding wear and tear, knowing your suspension and axles, and how to get more mileage from your tires. We're on the audio road. Let's get rolling. This is Mike Beckett. I'm with Kevin Beckett. This is the Rolling Toe Show on the Audio Road Network. Uh, We're going to discuss alignment procedures today, and then we're going to answer questions. This is the third of the posts that I made recently on Facebook and LinkedIn discussing my views on alignment. In this section, I want to explore the process used to measure wheel alignment on medium and heavy-duty trucks. Most of the systems used for this purpose have their roots in the car market. It seems everyone who can make a light-duty system feels it's appropriate to enlarge the clamps and add some software to make measuring a truck or bus possible. Unfortunately, medium and heavy-duty vehicles need to be 10 times better aligned than cars. We are held to this standard by the miles and dollars spent on alignment. In order to explain the standard performance differences between the two classes, consider this. A car gets an alignment and two steer tires for a total cost of about 250 bucks. 100 bucks each for the tires, 50 bucks for the alignment. A truck gets the same thing done for a cost of about 1500. 600 each for a couple of tires and 300 for the alignment. The car travels 30,000 miles in two years and the tires start to show a little irregular wear. Well, it's been two years, and many things could have caused the problem, so no one gets excited. The truck travels the same distance in two months, and the owner of the truck gets very excited because the money paid for the products and the service combined with a short time to a regular wear changes the satisfaction on the part of the customer. Understanding that there are significant differences between the two classes of alignments, I want to focus on what I consider to be the most important alignment measurements and mistakes. I feel to contribute to this difference. The two settings are toe and drive axle alignment. Both of these will cause feathered wear on the steer tire if not properly done. Conventional alignment systems have traditionally measured the vehicle in what is called the relaxed position. The use of turn plates and alignment racks place the vehicle in a convenient position for measuring and adjusting but do little to ensure that the measurements obtained accurately reflect the conditions while driving. Turn the page. Toe, for example, has the tendency to change toward toe out as load increases and as the vehicle is driven forward. Tests have shown that 60% of the vehicles with toe appropriately set on turn plates will be towed out when driving. This means that the difference between an as-driven toe measurement and a relaxed toe measurement have a significant effect on the alignment. The stack of tolerances in the components that make up the steering assembly can allow changes of toe up to three-eighths of an inch, even in a well-maintained vehicle. Drive axle alignment has similar problems, combining bushing movement, airbag suspension flex, and tension between the frame and one or two drive axles can cause alignment changes under power or load that are unexpected. Both of these settings are further complicated because the traditional process of alignment, the vehicle traditional process aligns the vehicle stationary and adjusts the setting 
sitting still until they meet an acceptable spec. This does not take into account the changes that will occur when the vehicle leaves the artificial condition of the rack and creates its normal tension between the components in a driven condition. We find that it's necessary to make adjustments, then move the vehicle out and back into the shop to remeasure under the new conditions to verify that the alignment is correct. At the heart of the argument, I have never seen a truck wear out tires on an alignment rack. They wear them out on the road. The measurements that I want are the ones that are close as possible to what they are when the vehicle is driving. This desire for as driven is also reflected in the Maintenance Council's RP 642 guidelines for total vehicle alignment. Next week, we're going to read about factory specs. But for the time being, since we've had problems with communication up until now, I want to mention that we're glad to see a bunch of callers on here. Hopefully, you're all hearing this well. If you have questions, push one on your phone, and it'll cue us up to know you have a question for us. If you push one twice, the second time we'll erase the question, and we won't know you have a question for us. So if somebody has a question, please click your, your one. We'll get to you. We'll answer your question. And right now, we're just going to sample somebody that's listening to make sure that we're actually getting to people right now. So Kevin, pick somebody and click them up, and let's see if they can actually hear us. All right, I'm taking the person that's been on the line the longest and hope that they can hear us. Uh, this is in the 218. I'm sorry to be jumping in on you. Hello there. Hello. Hey, Kevin, I can hear you just fine. Um, good. Can you hear Mike? Yep, everything's going good. Um, Excellent, thank you. I drive a Peterbilt 379, um, and I've been taking some corners recently, and some of it's just a simple curb approach for driving into a driveway of a, a place I'm delivering, and I'll hear a pop or a... Right, a, right underneath the cab. Yes. Feels like it's coming from the, or sounds like it's coming from the steer tires, but mm-hmm. I don't feel anything in the steering wheel. I've been they told flash. it's just a peak thing, but I'm trying to figure out what it is. The leaf spring on the peats and the Freightliners will do this a little bit, but peats are the most notorious for it. They're pinned solid at the front end of the front leaf spring, and at the back end, there are two plates called shackle plates that tie the leaf spring at the tail end up to the frame bracket. When the brackets are just a little bit too wide apart for the leaf spring, when you come up around the corner, the spring will snap sideways and clunk up against that bracket. When you turn the other way, it'll clunk back the other way. As I said, it's a classic peat issue. It can be corrected by loosening the bolts that hold that bracket in place, the shackle plate, and squeezing them together to take up this space, or by putting a jack between the leaf spring and the frame and take the load off of it, you can remove the plate and put washers in behind it to fill the space, and that'll stop the clunking. Okay. That all makes sense? I think, I I think I get what you're saying. I have to look okay. at it physically myself to get it 100%, but... Yep. It doesn't... It, fortunately, as far as alignment or tire weight goes, this... The spring issue is behind the axle, so it isn't actually affecting your tire where, where you're hanging. That's why you hear it clunk, but you don't really feel it. Understand. Well, it, it, depending on how much it's clunking, sometimes if you're in the slow lane with a truck, the spring will be snapped 
to the right because of the weight shift of the body. And when, if you cross the center lane and the, the camber of the road switches the other way, sometimes it'll not only clunk, but it'll feel like the front of the truck is lunging a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm not feeling that yet, so. Minor okay. clunk. Go underneath there, and, and I'd have a big C-clamp, and I would loosen up all four of the bolts. I wouldn't take them off, just loosen them up a little bit, put the C-clamp, and clamp those two plates as close as I could to the leash spring. Tighten them up, and I'll get rid of it for a while. For a while. Okay. Okay? All right. Hey, All right. Thank, thank you, you for taking Have a good day. Lesson. Yep. All righty. We've got more listeners. We're actually getting on the air now. We apologize for the delay. We're not sure what happened. It's all right. We'll if, figure it out. If it was alignment, I'd be able to tell you, but it's not. It's electronics. <laughs> we do have somebody with a question up there, so let's go up and see what the question is. All right. This is in the 509 area code. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, good evening. Yeah. How are you doing? Here are you. 509 code. That this might be me. Yeah, yeah. This might be. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we talking to? Hey, it's Mark, Spokane, Washington. And I had a little comment question about steer tires and handling. Okay. Specifically uh, relating to the uh, different size steer tires, uh, circumference uh, diameter-wise, I've been under the impression and to my experience that different size tires does affect handling that it could pull to one side or the other. And I've asked this question to uh, other in the industry and uh, kind of got the generalization answer that no, it doesn't matter. Well, are you talking about having one front tire, a larger circumference than the other front tire or are you talking about taller tires on one set, like like 11R225s, and then switching to low pro 225s, having a different circumference that way? Uh, a small difference, uh, like having a new set put on and uh, getting them half wore down, and having to replace one of the tires with a new tire of the same model and size. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kind of condition, but it's got le- but it's got less tread on one front tire than the other. Yes. Okay. All right. I see where you're at. <clears throat> Theoretically, there is no effect of changing that diameter from one to the other and causing a pull because the two tires rotate completely independent from one another. However, frequently the old tire that's left on the truck has a pattern in it that is causing a different rolling resistance than the new tire or the new tire because of the deeper tread actually has more rolling resistance than the old tire because it's got a shorter, harder tread. And those small variations can in fact cause a change in the way the vehicle drives straight ahead or has a tendency to pull one way or the other. Okay. Well, your uh, little explanation there, uh, would contradict or cancel out my two little theories. That does, <laughs> what are your I, theories? I never, con- <laughs> I never considered the rolling resistance factor. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what is it you were thinking about? I got two examples. One comes from like theory, and the other is from experience. That uh, just for example, 
uh, if you took a carrot, took a slice off the big end, took a slice off the small end, stuck them on a toothpick, put it on the table, and gave it a little roll, what's it going to do? Short side. It's going to roll in a circle because one side has a larger diameter than the other side. Correct. Okay, that's, that's my theory. Okay, now, let, me practice, talk about, let me talk about this theory for just a second, go ahead. okay? Because go ahead. they're both attached to the same toothpick, they have to rotate right. the revolutions each time the toothpick goes around. Correct. And the taller one rotates a greater distance in one revolution than the shorter one does. Right. See what would happen if you my... have a... T- that, that's what a tall tire and a short tire in a dual wheel position where they're tied solidly to each other and they have to turn the same number of rotations. Okay? Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, that is theory. My theory held water. I was just using that as an example. <laughs> but Good my thinking. I like it. <laughs> in my experience, I did have the condition of having to replace uh, a set of steer, well, one steer tire, uh, mm-hmm. you know, half worn down with a brand new tire. And the condition did uh, crop up. I'm noticing, oh, it's pulling to the right, to the right a little bit, you know. So that was the tire or whatever, you know, the condition. And for whatever reasons, uh, the tires were rotated from left to right, right to left side, and then the truck began pulling to the left. And that's how I equated, you know, a taller tire on one side uh, having an effect on the handling because of just the, uh, the, the coincidence or the conditions of of that. But, okay. Uh, your explanation of rolling resistance, uh, I never considered. Yeah, so which tire was the one that it was pulling toward? Was it pulling toward the older worn tire or pulling toward the new tire? Uh-oh, you got me on that one. I don't remember. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. I've seen I've seen it go both ways. Well, but to go with the theory, uh, the one that was still all right. the tire would be the one that it was pulling towards because that would be the shorter tire. Yeah, with your theory, with the tall short short tire should always pull toward the older tire. But I've seen it go both ways because that isn't the only factor. And those two front tires are not bolted solid to each other; they can rotate at their own rates. So that factor is a little bit uh, reduced. Yes, okay. Well, I just wanted to, you know, get a second opinion clarification because, you know, like I said, I've had other people tell me that, you know, tire diameter doesn't make a difference in handling, but okay, it can. All right. Thank you. Sure, you have a good evening. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about the dynamics of the alignment process that is used in conventional equipment. We've read this discussion that I wrote about what I think about aligning them on turn plates versus aligning them off of turn plates. And we continually work with people who've had a whole bunch of alignments done and they still have the same tire wear patterns and they still have the same handling problems until we get a chance to either align it ourselves or go to somebody send them to somebody who aligns it our way in order to solve it. So we have a lot of experience that the fundamentals are correct. Now, I want to point out that this is not 100% accurate. We have guys that occasionally align a truck off of the rack using our tooling and maybe not follow our procedures exactly right. They don't quite get the results that we expect. 
I also know some guys that are using alignment racks who are really good, and they've used the racks long enough. They've learned how to make that rack work. So I'm not saying that you can't get a good alignment done on a rack. What I'm saying is unless the alignment technician is really dedicated and interested to give you a good alignment on a rack, the odds are against it, and, and that's a shame. Kevin's over here choking on something. I don't know what he was eating, but he's choking on it. <laughs> My apologies. I, yes, uh, it is the, the issue, of course, with the alignment rack needing a competent technician is that that's not what they tell their customers when they buy that rack. Uh, that who is telling which customer? The alignment equipment company isn't telling the alignment company, the purchaser of the rack, the fleet, the tire shop, whoever, right. that they're going to need to make sure their technician is dedicated to doing alignments the right way. All they tell them is that their equipment will fix all their problems. Right. Right. You follow our instructions. You set it according to the factory specs and the truck should be fine. Right. And the vast does, does not, it does in, in, in way too many cases. It is just no better than never having gotten an alignment in the first place. Correct. Correct. All right. If anybody out there is listening has a question, remember, please push one on your phone, and you will come up on the queue as having a question for us. If you don't have a question or a comment, don't push it, because we will come to you. We want people to talk to. If you push it twice, the first time we'll queue you up for us, and the second time we'll erase it, and we don't want to lose anybody that's really interested in talking to us we have you have something you want to say no he's thinking about it that's right he'll come up with his his comments when i'm done (laughs) we have some people that we have worked with who do have conventional racks who have had a lot of issues and we wind up going in and training them and we show them how to use their racks better than what they're doing the other point in this uh, rack system and the way it's sold is that A lot of the people who buy the rack don't want to be held hostage by their alignment tech. They want to be able to buy a system that they can put in their shop that the computerized program and and the process that the system uses will allow them to bring anybody, train them up in a couple of days, use this machine. As long as you set it the way the machine says it ought to be set, this truck will drive right and the tires will wear right. That's what they sell it on. And so the customer, recognizing that that's a complex idea, will spend anywhere from $30,000 on the low end to $150,000 on the high end to buy this magic black box alignment system that's going to solve all their problems. But 50% of the tire wear patterns that I see that people are complaining about and blaming on alignment have nothing to do with alignment. Your, Your inflation is wrong. Your bearings are loose. Your rear suspension is loose. You've got the wrong tire for the application. You've got a regional tire and a line hole application, or you've got a line hole tire and a regional application, and the tire wear looks bad, and so they blame the alignment technician. We didn't get into this alignment business and do all of this other stuff we've done because we wanted to. I got into this and and did all this exploration in it because I got tired of customers coming back and blaming me for a bad alignment when they still had a tire wear problem. When, in fact, all I had was wheel bearings that were not properly adjusted. Right. And, the, again, just looking at the what would seem like the obvious issue, 
Uh, look at the warranty that you'll get on alignment at any of those shops. Typically, it's curb warranty. Curb. Yeah, as soon as you cross the curb, the alignment's gone, or the warranty's gone. The warranty's gone when you cross the curb, because you might have dropped off that curb. Right. They don't. Or a taillight warranty. Yeah, tail. If, if, yes, as soon as the taillight has left. As soon building. as the taillight disappears, so does the warranty. <laughs> There's no war- What's the point of having warranty on this alignment when they're going to have every excuse in the book for why their alignment didn't hold up when they get it back in the shop? Yeah. So it's this is something we do, and a few of the com- companies that we work with do. We provide a 60-day, 30,000-mile warranty on the alignment because we know in that period, if the alignment isn't right, it's either our fault. Well, it's it's generally our fault because either we missed something or we did something wrong. So within that period of time, surely we can keep your your, your vehicle aligned. It, it uh, is there's a two hundred thousand mile uh, uh, expectation for the Michelin XDA three steer tire. For a line hole application. Um, in line hole. You should be able to get that thing to go 200,000 miles. It doesn't matter if that 200,000 miles is in six months or a year and a half or two years. That's how long that tire should be able to last. So if you can't align the vehicle to last past the curve, how are you going to get that kind of life out of the tires? That's yeah. the, so we, we figured out that this is our expectation and this is how you can align a vehicle. And well, and then from, from years of doing trucks and fleets, I had two specific fleets that I have in mind that I did alignments for them and they wanted their alignments checked either every six months or every 60,000 miles, depending on the different fleet. And over a five or six year period, I accumulated a lot of records on repeated alignments and repeated alignment checks on the same trucks. And I was able to get the mileages they were getting on their steer tires off of those same trucks. So they came home every couple of weeks. They hauled meat from the Midwest to the West Coast. They hauled produce back, or they hauled meat to the East Coast and something else back. So we were able to gather a lot of data. Trucks had various brands and types of suspensions, Peterbilt's, Kenworth's, International's, Freightliner's, Volvo's. And we went through different stages of tires during that period of time. And we found that on fleet trucks, now, these are drivers who don't own the truck. They may not be as careful with this truck as the guy that owns it is. And they were brand new trucks to begin with, and so we had to deal with the settle-in that occurred on the new trucks. Now, for you that aren't familiar with that, a brand new truck will settle in during its first 60 days or 30,000 miles of running, and then you have to do another alignment on 50 60% of them. Once we got past the break-in period, we were observing on regular six-month checks, how long a period of time and how many miles did it take before that truck required another alignment. And on those fleet trucks, we found the average alignment past the break-in period was good for about 170 to 200,000 miles. The exceptional ones would go 250 to 300. The exceptions in the other end were 70 to 90,000 miles. Now, that was a cowboy that hit every curb and every rut in the road he could find. And recall, this was back in the early to mid-90s. This was when I was a young kid. You were young, yes. (laughs) The early to mid-90s with the old uh, Peterbilt uh, uh, lowly. Standard airleaf. 
you know it's going to fail at roughly a half. Yeah. And time. the Kenworth eight bag AG one hundred. That way you know the bushings are going to have to to, to be redone eh, about every half million also. Yep. Yep. There, there, there's and then yeah, let's not even. There are of course. Uh, did you know that the Chinese are making bushings now? Oh, they were making them then. Yeah. 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 There was always somebody making a bushing. A wrong. cheap bushing. Yeah. Somebody's making a tire wrong. Right. There's always some kind of some problem that's going to come up that you you got to address mm-hmm. to ensure that your 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 tire mileage and your handling are, are the best they can. Right. So the alignment machine that sells for thirty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars is no guarantee that you're going to get a good alignment. No. Oh, let, yeah. We just discussed. I mean, they don't wear out tires on the rack. Nope. They wear them out on the road. I mean. Uh, the difference, the difference, we took a truck, drove it up onto a hunter rack. Should I say the name? I guess we could bleep that out later. No, go ahead and say uh, the name. We drove it up onto a rack, measured the vehicle with the, the computerized equipment, got a measurement of a 16th of an inch tow dam, put our system on that same truck in that same condition, got a 16th of an inch tow dam on that rack. With both both, Both measuring systems, systems said it was the same measurement. Right. So neither one's better than the other, right? Except that we took those vehicles, that vehicle off the rack, rolled it back to the, the end of the lot, rolled it into the next bay uh, over, measured the tow again, and found that it was an eighth of an inch towed out. Now, we asked the guy with the, hunt, with the conventional alignment machine if he could measure it there, and he says, no, I have to put it back on the rack to measure it. I said, well... He says, but your measurement's wrong. I said, why is my measurement wrong? He says, well, it says it's an eight-toed out. Ah, but I said it was a 16-toed in. We were on the rack. We agreed with our measurement under the same conditions. My measurement system hasn't changed. The condition of the truck has changed. Right. Right. So which one would you rather have to deal with? And amazingly enough, around the country, sometimes people still come up with uh, the more complicated, more expensive, less consistent answer. Now, let's talk about something else about that. We've been talking about it with our alignment equipment versus conventional alignment equipment. Can you accurately measure alignment without our alignment equipment? Yes. How are you going to do it? A number of different ways. Give me an easy one. Oh, well, a string and a tape measure. How's a string going to measure toe? Uh, you use a tape measure. Uh, and what are you going to measure to? Uh, the Both tires together using a piece of duct tape. Yeah, so tape. you need duct tape. Yeah. An ink pen yeah. and a tape measure. Yeah. I can measure toe in a parking lot. Anybody can. I can measure it loaded or empty. And you can yes, and it's sometimes helpful to measure it both ways if you're having problems, even though you've lined it properly. Yeah, I've had some occasional not very often, but I have guys come in who said when I'm empty or bobtail, the truck's great, but when I put a full load on it, it's wrong. Bring it in with a full load on it, let me measure it. Because something's happening when the load's on it. I'm going to remind everybody again that's listening, if you have a comment or a question, push one on your phone. That'll queue you up and we'll know you have a question. If you push it twice, push one and then push it again, it'll queue you up and then it'll take you off the queue. And we would like to answer questions for anybody that has one. Tonight, uh, if we don't have questions, we're simply discussing the different methods of measuring vehicles and the net results that we see out of them. Conventional alignment in today's market 
on line haul trucks with premium steer tires are averaging between 80 and 120,000 miles on a steer tire. The That's a- painful. Well, I was at a I was at a I was at a large chain tire store. Big chain tire store. And I was talking to their management at the home office about alignment equipment and process. And after we had discussed our stuff, he said, let's go over to our shop and let's talk to our alignment technician at this close-by shop. We went into the shop, and he was working on a truck. I walked up and felt the two steer tires, and I could feel significant feathered wear in the tires. And the way the tires wore told me there was a particular alignment problem. I asked the technician, I said, what are you doing on the truck right now? He says, well, I'm just doing an alignment check quickly before they put new steer tires on it. I said, okay. And what did you find? He said, oh, there's nothing wrong with the alignment. The tires are just wearing out funny. Well, I asked him about that. I says, but but these tires show some funny wear here. Doesn't that indicate there's a problem? He says, oh, no, these tires have got 96,000 miles on them. I said, and, and that means? Well, that's all you expect out of a steer tire. Nobody gets more than 100,000 miles out of a steer tire. And so the guy that's selling you the tires uh-huh. has no expectation of seeing uh, those tires come out nice, flat, and smooth by the time they come. No, they're going to have a regular wear because nobody can get a, a steer tire to wear off flat. That was his position. Right. I turned around to the manager of the company and I said, are your tires supposed to wear half of the tread and then go irregular wear and have to be replaced? Is that what you expect out of them? He said, no, we'd like better than that. I said, well, until you change the expectation of this alignment tech, you're not going to get that. Right. You, you've got to change the expectation. Right. Right. And if, for owner-operators, I mean, every set of tires, every two steer tires is a significant investment every year. Well, if you're spending $1,500 every 100,000 miles tires on an alignment, and you could spend the same $1,500 every 200,000 miles. I, I could save you some money. <laughs> Would be nice not to have to spend an extra 1500 Less downtime, less irregular wear, less handling issues. Nice drive. Yeah, nice that drive. Would be nice, wouldn't it? Do all vehicles have to pull straight into the ditch when you let go of the steering? No. no. Why not? Should they have a shimmy between 45 and 55 miles an hour? No. no. Should they road wander and follow cracks in the road? Wouldn't it be nice if they didn't? No, they don't have to do any of that. They stuff. don't have to do that. When you get it right. Only when, okay, so a, a properly aligned vehicle, one that is going to drive straight down the road and is going to get the best tire mileage out of it, that vehicle should take more than five seconds to get to the white line. It depends on the truck, depends on the camber of the road, depends on the crosswind. But as a general rule, at 60 miles an hour, if you ease up the pressure on your steering wheel, you should get a three count, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003 to the shoulder of the road. You take it over in the fast lane, you should get about the same count to the left shoulder. If you're getting a three count one way or the other, you've got a neutral truck, and that's what we're looking for. They won't drive dead straight. I've had guys that say, well, I want it to drive dead straight in the slow lane so I can let go of the steering wheel, 
go in the back, get a beer, come back to the steering wheel, and I'm okay. Well, you got to finish the beer when you're in the back because you can't be in the driver's well, seat. Well, see, so beer. you need more than three seconds, don't more you? More than three seconds. Okay. The problem is if I make the truck drive dead straight in the right lane with no drift to the right at all, I put it in the left lane, that some bitch is going to have a dive to the left. It's going to be hard to handle there. And you will cause irregular wear in your steer tires because you're pushing so hard against the crown of the road that you're going to cause a tire problem. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So expectations need to be realistic on what the handling is too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now, and as you say, realistic. It's also what is it that you want the vehicle to do? You can't fine tune your vehicle to do that. If that's if that's, that's what, what you want, after, yeah. if that's going to make your day better mm-hmm. to have it pull a bit to the left. Mm-hmm. You should be able to accomplish that. You can. But it'll cost you tires. It will cost you a little bit. Well, there's a lot of people that are losing tires because they pull to the right already. So, yeah. And it's not going to cost you as much to pull the left as it does to pull the Well, right. but when you fall asleep, you go in the left lane. Eh, eventually. Yeah, but you don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Maybe the rule is you're not supposed to fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Okay. All right. I'll buy that. I, I, I'm seeing a lot of call. How many callers do we have on there right now? Uh, 13. 13. Okay. Well, we got some people listening here. I hope we're uh, providing you with some information you like. If there's any comments or questions you'd like, we'd be glad to answer them for you. In the meantime, we're just discussing the basic concepts of alignment. I'm sure we would have had more on here if we should have been on the air for the first Yeah, we, we messed up for the first, what, 10 minutes or so? Yeah, it was close to 15. 15 minutes. We couldn't get our communication. We had the hook. The problem last week, we, you couldn't get on air at all. But we finally got that figured out. This, yeah, this one, mic issue, we figured it out. Okay. Apologize for that, but we'll keep working at this. We may eventually get it to where we're professional at it. Proficient, at least. <laughs> Another person asked me, why is it so difficult to get people to do alignments our way? Why is it that the large chains of tire shops and the large chains of truck shops and the truck stops? Especially those Petro Yeah. They won't do it your way. They buy other fancy equipment. We're back to the management concept that they don't want to be held hostage to their alignment techs. True. They don't want to overpay the tech. They want to pay a minimum wage guy. And they want to have a machine in their shop that no matter who they get, they can put them on that machine, follow the instructions, and you get a industry acceptable alignment. Okay? Let's talk about that from two directions. One is there was a fleet manager up in Wisconsin I talked to once at a maintenance council meeting, and he was telling me that this large alignment equipment manufacturer was trying to sell an alignment machine. And they were explaining to them that you can take anybody, and in two days with that machine, you can teach them how to do alignments. And the guy says, that sounds like a fabulous idea. He says, you mean to tell me that you could bring that machine into my shop, set it up, and I could bring my teenage daughter down here. And in two days, you could have my teenage daughter aligning trucks. And the guy said, yes, you're right. As well as anybody else using that equipment. Or my teenage grandson could be aligning trucks, right? The guy says, yep, we could do that. And the guy says, no way in heck you're letting my daughter or my grandson work on that truck. I don't care who you are. He's got to know more than that machine does, or I don't want him touching the truck. Got to have a competent tech. Now, that's half of the discussion. Let's look at the other half of the discussion of what is in an industry acceptable alignment. 
And I want to look at it not from the owner-operator's perspective, but I want to look at it from the major fleet's perspective. The major fleets are run by people who have MBAs, Masters of Business Administration. And in their schools of training, they're taught that 80% of the good work is done by 20% of the people. The problem is the big corporation cannot hire those 20% to fill all the positions. They have to hire the 80% to fill the positions in their company. That means they have to figure out how to make a profit with mediocre workers. They're not interested in fixing every truck. They're interested in producing a, uh, an average or mediocre result, and then they'll figure out how to make a profit off of that mediocre result. If all they can get is 100,000 miles out of a tire, fine. As long as they get the average 100,000 miles out of the tire, they'll figure out how to charge prices that will make a profit at that. So between the labor that you got, the labor cost of having a mediocre mm -hmm. technician, mm -hmm. the, the equipment cost, mm -hmm. the tire cost, mm -hmm. and then this uh, this additional do and a labor cost, between all of that, as long as the tire wear ends up in this itself, Yes. Of, oh, uh, 80 to 120,000 miles. We can make a profit. They can make a situation if you're going to pay for a better alignment mm -hmm. and better tires mm -hmm. with better equipment, as long as you can manage to do that within the same confines of we know this is how much you're going to get paid for your load, mm -hmm. you'll make more money too. Right. The difficulty is that an owner-operator cannot accept a statistical average alignment. The fleet can accept the fact that some of their trucks only get 50,000 miles on a steer tire. Right. Some of their trucks are going to get 150,000 miles on their steer tire. Right. And on average, they're going to get 100,000 miles. And if their 2,000 trucks average 100,000 miles, their bean counters have figured out how to make a profit on that. The owner-operator, unfortunately, doesn't have that statistical average to work with. Right. He's got to get the good mileage out of his tire, or he'll go broke. He's got to get the good fuel mileage out of the only truck he's got, or he'll go broke. Right. What is it? You're only, and coupled into that, just you're only making a profit roughly three days or a month? Something like that. I'm, a, I'm not a truck guy. I wouldn't not know what totally that number sure. is. So every day that you're down is a day that you're losing profit. Right. And, it's, and there's just not a whole lot of profit to, to be thrown away. So if you're, if you're going to have to do an alignment, Mm -hmm. twice a year mm -hmm. because your tires don't last more than 60 to 80,000 miles. Then because you bought the Chinese tires that were cheaper and you got the alignment with the petrol place, then you're losing your truck two days worth of profit where you could have had it a uh, full two years in some cases mm -hmm. without having to go through an alignment because you got it done right with the mm -hmm. right equipment. Uh, mm -hmm. Got everything, all the bushes replaced, got everything that's true for the owner operator, but the big fleets won't pay attention so to it. We we have much more success working with small fleet operators and owner operators with this system than we do with the big guys. The big guys just don't have any interest. There's one that do, but the big orange trucks. They, they still do. won't pay us to retrain. No, they won't. They they still wouldn't buy the good equipment. They won't upgrade. Right, <laughs> and they just they're, they're just looking at statistical averages. They did, yeah. You're right. Yep. They took one step. Yeah, they took one, but they wouldn't take the rest. All righty. It is 
almost nine o'clock. Forty-five we, minutes. We've been forty-five minutes of actual time here. I think what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We'll open up one more time. If you have a question or a comment about the show, or about trucks or tires, push one on your thing. We'll be glad to answer your question before we go off the air. If we don't have any questions, we're going to talk for just a couple of minutes here, give everybody a chance, and then next week we're going to be talking about factory specs. Factory specs are just a little different than what we've got going on today. Factory specs are the the pool of specs, mm-hmm. whereas we, we deal with our specs. Dozens of other people have their specs. Each equipment manufacturer has a spec, but the factory spec is sort of all of those lumped into one. Yeah, so we'll so talk about we'll that talk next about week. We do have a question here or comment, so let's see what we've got. We've got one from the 940 area code. Hold on just a second. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Oh, I hope you can hear me okay. You can hear me just fine. Uh, what's your question? Well, uh, I guess it's more of a comment. Uh, this is Weldon. I'm out of uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, I just want to let you know just how much I appreciate and how much uh, the information and uh, the education that I'm getting, uh, uh, not only on the, uh, uh, on the Facebook, uh, the post that you had uh, you know, put, uh, put on there, but... Uh, uh, but it's just uh it's very eye opening and uh uh and I, and, I, and personally I'm enjoying it a lot. Well we're glad to do that. We appreciate that. We we do these and we sit in our little room here by ourselves and we talk and we hope somebody's listening. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I I work for a small uh, uh with a uh, small company. I'm a, I'm an owner operator with a uh, with a small mom and pop operation. Uh, they haven't quite got the. Uh, uh, whenever I talk to them, a lot about the uh, about the alignment issues that uh, that they have with their trucks. Uh, they just look at me with a with a glaze over their eyes, <laughs> and, and yet they they still want to go to Petro or uh, or to a place like that and. Uh, yeah, I had taken mine to a uh, to a Petro, and they told me that uh, that I was going to have to take it somewhere. My uh, 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 it, it was bent, it was broke, it was you know the camera was off. They was going to have to put shims. They're going to you know, and it, it was just uh, uh, and I left there, and, and of course they charged me for the check. Took it over to the shop that I uh, uh, wanted to take it to to begin with, and uh, they put it on. Uh, they they run it in, uh, check it, and uh, oh, everything's fine. Run straight straight down the road, and uh, anyway, uh, so I uh, you know the, these uh, these uh, uh, these places uh, this this convenient uh, sometimes. Uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 they, they, they don't know what they're doing. They're just, right. they're, they're, just, you know, they're just throwing something at it. <laughs> yep. We're, we're familiar with that. We try to work with them. We try to train them, we but try. it's, but it's like raising horses. You can drag that horse to water, but you can't make them drink. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I really, like I said, I really appreciate it, and uh, I'm going to keep listening. And uh, 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 and uh, like I said, the the education is just phenomenal. Well, thank you, sir. We'll keep doing it. Next Sunday, we'll try it again, and hopefully we won't have the 20-minute break at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. You have a great day, and thank you very much. Thank you. you. Now, he did remind me of something there uh, regarding what, what, how much attention these uh, conventional alignment equipment pay to camber and caster specifically. Yeah, we'll talk about those in the specs next. What, what do we really need to worry about? What, what don't we? I mentioned today that, as far as I'm concerned. The two most important settings on a truck is tow and drive axle alignment. Yes. Those are by and far the most important. Yes. Caster, if it's done improperly, can cause an issue. Okay. Off center on the drive axle is part of drive axle alignment. You need them centered near your main right. And the steer axle needs to be square underneath the front of the truck. That's called setback. Right. So there's really five things I worry about. Off center on the drive, aim of the drive, tow on the steer, Make sure the caster wedging is done properly in the front end and that the steer axle is square to the truck. Right. If I get those five alignment things done, I'm fine. I really don't care about camber. I don't mess with the other stuff because it generally doesn't cause us any issues. Right. But we'll discuss that in a lot more detail next Sunday night. I want to thank you all for your time, and we will see you in a week. We will. Thank you for coming. Thanks for joining us on Rolling Toe. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.